Uh, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all here. It's good to be with you online. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Jeremy Pleasant. I'm the senior pastor here, and I just uh, want to welcome you to the vineyard. I'm glad we're able to worship together and, um, yeah, continue to uh, be together as a community, both in person and virtually, as we uh, live out our calling as a community of Christ. So, as we get started today, um, I, I'm going to do my very best to keep this in time. It's one of those weeks where you're just like, I really want like an hour, but I need to do it in 15 minutes. So we're going to like really try to keep this to 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> um, we've, been, we've been in this series called Living in the Divine, Actively Being With and Responding to the Spirit. And so I want to quickly catch you up, but, and, and as I quickly catch you up, these messages are online, so you can check them out if you missed one. Um, but in week one, we talked about um, what it means when in, this, in this passage. So we've had this passage that, that have existed for most of the weeks, John 14. And so what, we looked at what it looks like to be Christ and God, uh, me and Christ and, and, and God and us. And, and so we, we talked about this paradigm that Jesus presented in John 14 and, and what our response is to it as we're looking at our response to the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then in week two, we talked about unity in the Spirit, how there's everything around us meant to divide us, but we're supposed to um, actually walk together in unity um, in the midst of, of, of differences and, and different perspectives in the midst of, of challenging things that we're facing. Um, and then last week, uh, Mark talked about um, responding to the voice of the Spirit, listening to God. We talked about the, the outpouring of God's voice at Pentecost, and, and, and Mark also challenged us to, to respond to the uncomfortable things, to listen to God in the uncomfortable ways. And, and out of that, I would also ask you to continue to engage with the conversation we had last week, which for some might be uncomfortable, um, but, but that we engage with the, 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 the events and the pain that, that have happened and, and, and that we don't just ignore it, that, that as this thing continues, it's easy to just put it to the side and say that thing that happened. But for many people and your Christian brothers and sisters, this is a thing that persists. And so I challenge all of us to continue to engage. And I've, and, and I've given you resources to engage. And when you're ready, I got a ton more. But we're going to do that together as a community. And, and, and as we're willing to do it, is that we, and so what I encouraged you last week was to hold off on the narratives that we normally give in, in, in these times and ask God what his narrative is. And so, if, again, if you missed that, that's, gonna, that's available online. But uh, I just, I don't want us to forget. I don't want us to let it go, but to continue to push in as we pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we don't always know what that is, even if we think we do. But Jesus said, I do what the Father is doing. And so we want to see what God is doing. We want to ask him what he's doing, even when it's uncomfortable, and say, okay, I'm in it. I'm, I'm with you, God. 
And so we stay in the same passage. I never thought I could actually do like a, a half a series on one passage, but here we are. We're staying in this one passage, John 14, 15 to 27, and looking at a, a whole other aspect of it. We're looking at this meaning of, of the Holy Spirit, one of the definitions that's given to the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives in this passage. And for, uh, for families right now, you heard uh, Nikki give kind of a, a precursor to this in the video, video, and so I want you to take that and take anything you get today and, and begin, to, begin to unpack that and reach out to our, to our staff if you're like having trouble, like how do I, how do, I do this with my kids? Um, our, our, our staff would, would love to um, actually walk with you in that. And so um, our goal is to not just continue church for, for, for our adults, but also for our children and, and just doing that at home. So uh, reach out if you need help with that. So let's look at John 14 again, 15 to 21, and then 25 and 27. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved in my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Let's jump to verse 25. All this I have spoken with you while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. From my childhood up until maybe high school, I was, I was bullied. I was, I was bullied a lot. I was bullied at school. I was, I, was, I was bullied everywhere. And it was something that now, as I look back on it, uh, tremendously uh, formed my life. And as I encountered Jesus, that, that formation, which again, I, I, he, didn't, he didn't cause those things, but he, he, he used that um, in regard to, the, to one of the callings of my life. And, you know, as, as I think about those times, or, or especially when I see it now, like I just, I, it, it reminds me of, of what it was like uh, as a kid and, and how, you know, helpless I felt and how worthless I felt and how I just, I wanted it to be over. So, you know, there are many definitions and understanding of the Holy Spirit. There's not just one, Right? There's actually a lot of ways to describe the Holy Spirit. But one is he's called the advocate. Not the newspaper, the term, the advocate. And so that is our focus today here is as like a lawyer, right? Someone, a lawyer who advocates for a client. And that's true in one sense, but that's not the, like the fullest expression of this term. It's more like that, but also with like this idea of, of a friend that advocates for you. So like you take that picture of a lawyer, you imagine it being a friend, a friend that defends you. 
a friend that looks out for you, a friend that stands up for you. That is this meaning that Jesus gives when he says advocate. What's interesting is that he says another advocate, meaning we already have one, Jesus. Good day, Satan. (laughs) And just kind of the the classic, you know, the classic uh, kind of stomping on Satan, right? And and so we, we have this term Satan that's, that's part of our vocabulary, that's part of our vernacular. But the literal meaning of Satan means accuser. It means one who accuses. That's like the main meaning of this term that we've kind of put like a lot of meanings into, but it really means accuser. And so the accuser prosecutes us to God. The accuser is constantly going to God and see, look, look at your child right there. They're nothing. They messed up. They can't be what you want them to be. That's what the accuser does. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, stands up and defends us. The Holy Spirit comes to our aid and says, no, that is not true. Here is the truth. But he's not the only one that accuses there's others around us that accuse us, right? Anybody ever, ever, ever felt like they've been accused by people, whether it's friends or family or colleagues? We're facing accusations all the time. You're nothing. You're wrong. You're this, you're that. But then we also accuse ourselves. Maybe not all of us. I know that's something I've struggled with. I know at least one or two of other you have. And so we actually need a defender. We need defense. One particular time, I think I was in, I was in fourth grade, and there's one really big bully. No, I think I was in third grade. He was in fifth grade. And um, so, I, so one day I, uh, I was telling my brother about it my brother who's eight years older than me. And so, as you know, at that age, it's a big size difference. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I actually didn't tell him what happened, uh, but he figured it out. I was like, hey, uh, Joey, can you, uh, can you walk me home today? I just, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to walk home today. Um, and, and so he picked me up from school, and the kid that would normally bully me all of a sudden got very scared (laughs) as my very tall big brother, who I am now bigger than, interestingly enough, came to my side and protected me and defended me. You know, the prosecutions come against us from every direction. And whether those prosecutions are from the enemy, from others, or from ourselves, they can lead us to doubt and to fear and to sorrow. Our defender, the Holy Spirit, when we allow him to, will stand in the gap and be our protector. He will shield us so that those accusations don't become a reality. So we can't stop them from coming, right? Like we can't stop what others say, what others do. But we do have a shield. We do have a defense so that these So that's these things just bounce right off us. 
One of the things that Jesus says this advocate does is that he intercedes for us. And so I'm guessing many of you have heard of the term intercession, right? So intercession, if you don't know what that means, it is like it is someone who intercedes for you. Don't you love when someone defines something by using the same word? <laughs> so in intercession, someone is interceding for you. So what that means is that it's someone who is going to God on your behalf. Someone who is, who is stepping in and is constantly looking out for you. You know, say you have an interview for a job, but you, you have, and, and you have a friend who knows the interviewer. Your friend can intercede on your behalf to the interviewer and say, hey, this person is really good. This person is going to be your best bet. I stake my reputation on this person. That's what it means to intercede. And, And our advocate is always looking for ways to lift us up. But not just speaking with God, speaking to us. Because that's what we need. We need to, we, we, we need a defense against all those accusations. We need someone interceding, speaking to us on our behalf, reminding us of the truth. Remember what that scripture said? To remind you of everything I have said. To remind us of the truth of who we are and who, are, who we are called to be. To remind us of the truth of how much we are loved. To remind us of the truth of how much we are seen by God. No matter what. And there are some times when we need that intercession more than others. So we have this scripture, and and we have this context at the very beginning. If you love me, keep my commands. And so what the advocate does is that he intercedes, and by doing that, releases God's mercy for us. So let me give an example. Say I'm working on patience and I have difficulty with patience and and one day I show a snippet of impatience towards someone. Okay? So what happens then? The accuser, others, myself highlight this, right? Like, oh look, you really you really missed that. You're not like Jesus. You see what just happened there? That's, you're, you're really not doing it well. And so I feel like in that sense, well, maybe God is angry. That's when the advocate stands up. Maybe I feel like a failure. That's when the advocate stands up. Maybe someone else judges me for it. That's when the advocate stands up. So the advocate isn't defending the actions. The advocate is defending us. See, too often we tie our actions to who we are. And so what the Holy Spirit is doing is, is reminding us of who, you, of who we are. Not saying what we did was right, but reminding us of who we are so that in the process we can continue to become more like Christ. And in that process, appropriating God's mercy to us, reminding us of God's love, but also his his desire for us to be changed. So in all the other versions, without this advocation, all the other versions, we shut down, right, when we mess up. 
You feel guilty, there's self-loathing, etc. But in God's version, you're protected, prayed for, defended, and empowered to continue the work of being more like Jesus. You see the difference there? I know what it feels like when someone doesn't stand up for me. It's a horrible feeling. You feel abandoned and rejected. I know what it's like when someone does. And there's just nothing like it. The security, the hope. And so we have to constantly be pushing towards our faith in Jesus, which which gives us this experience of the Holy Spirit representing us. It says, I will not leave you as orphans. You know, the reason why this ties to it is because orphans in this time needed an advocate. They needed, there was no DCFS in Palestine. They needed someone to stand up for them. And Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I'm going to leave you with someone who is going to stand up for you. So the bullying existed, continued through elementary, through middle school. And I don't always have my brother there, right? Couldn't be there every day. Couldn't be there at every moment. And so I learned how to survive. And I survived. It's amazing what happens when you start playing football and you get bigger and stronger. For some reason, people stop bullying you. And so I survived. And then I saw others getting bullied. And I just let it happen. I was silent. I was so afraid of losing what I had. I was so afraid of being in the same place that this other person was again that I was silent. I had the chance to do something and I did nothing. You see, it's not enough for us to be protected, it's not enough for us to be cared for. Now, that wasn't the end of the story. As I look back on that time and and, and my formation with Jesus, I received the Spirit's comfort and mercy in the midst of my shame. I received his protection and realized that all of that happened because God wanted me to stand up for others. He equipped me to advocate for others, and he launched me to seek out the well-being of everyone else, especially as Jesus did for those who needed it most. So where do you need protection? Where do you need an advocate in your life right now? What are you believing about yourself that the advocate wants to change? 
I want us to sit with that for a moment. Who is God calling you to advocate for, to stand up for, to defend? Is it the Floyds and Taylors and Aubreys whose lives were taken unrighteously? Is it the young girls who continue to be taken and trafficked? Is it the mentally ill who's looked upon with fear, disgust, and invisibility? Is it the family member who seems to make it hard to love, but really just needs someone to look out for them? Is it a coworker that annoys everyone, but maybe just needs one person that will speak on their behalf? It's not one of those, y'all. It's all of those. We are called to all of those. We're not called to fix the world. That's not our job. God's got that covered. He's called us as a community to work with him to speak on these things, to stand up as he stood up for us. Is that something we can do? Let's look at a couple practical tips. Identify one area in your character or actions you feel the most vulnerable, where most of what you think is how you failed. The area that the thoughts in your head and in your heart from the enemy and others and yourself remind you of this. That's the area I want us to look at. The thing that you just can't let go. The thing that keeps you in a place of reminding you how much you're not loved. Ask for the advocate. Jesus says, ask for the spirit, and God will give him to you. Ask for the advocate. Ask God to send you your defender to bring truth and mercy and change. Number two, seek God on who he's calling you to advocate for, to stand up for. Now listen, we can't respond to a knee-jerk reaction. Stuff is hard, I know. But I wouldn't be challenging all of us into it. And I say us because I'm there too. You heard the story. I have to grow on this too. I'm in it with you. I'm not, in, I'm, not, I'm not on the other side of this saying, hey, this is what you got to do. I'm in it with you. And I know that this is a challenge. But if I didn't think we could do it, I wouldn't be speaking on it. And if I didn't think the church, and especially our church, can make a significant impact in the lives of those around us, in our communities, and in our city, and I wouldn't be doing it. I'm saying this because I know we can. And I'm saying it because as much as I needed protection and safety, I know everyone else does too, and I want you to have that experience. I want you to have that security. And I know it's possible. Dan's going to come up and, and lead us into communion right now.